You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about the power of apologizing. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure that you are supporting NextGen and you have joined our All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners Facebook page if you're a cheer coach or an owner and coach, or you've joined Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners Facebook group if you are your gym owner, uh, or both if you do both. So make sure you've joined those Facebook groups. Head on over to nextgenowners.com. Check out all of our offerings. We have a variety of products for you there. And then as always, please share this podcast with someone who would get something out of it. The more gym owners that are listening to this content, the more people's lives we can positively impact, which is the ultimate goal of NextGen is to grow the industry, to have a positive impact on the industry, and to help our gym owners be more profitable. All right. So we are going to get into the power of apologizing. And I think this is actually a really, really important thing to master as a business owner and as a cheer coach. So even if you're not an owner, an entrepreneur, you need to understand how important an apology is. So the reality is, is that we are not infallible creatures. And just because you are a business owner or just because you are a cheer coach does not mean that every decision that you ever make is going to be the right one. You're going to make mistakes just like anyone in the world is. And so that is that is a part of the, the process. It's baked into the cake. And we've got to be able to apologize for those mistakes when they happen and apologize genuinely. And so often I see people suggesting that you should never admit your fault or you should never apologize because it's your program or it's your team and what you say goes. And I don't really feel like that is the correct approach and not, I don't feel, I know that's not the correct approach. That is not the correct approach for building loyalty, building trust and building the program that you want to build uh, for your gym. So I say this all because I I do this. This is something that I've tried to live throughout my career as a coach. I've just always really believed that as a leader and um, as a human, that being able to apologize when you make mistakes is very, very important. And I've put this into practice. I've, I've apologized to staff members when I've made errors. Uh, one of the most pointed times where I, I've made an apology that... Um, really impact. Actually, I've done this twice. I'm going to tell you an old story because I've talked about the story from 2022 where my level four team didn't make it to finals the first time. Um, and I apologized to the entire team and I, I told the parents, you know, look, this was my fault. Um, cause it, it was last year, not this year, but last year it was my fault that they did not make it to finals and that they, even if they'd made it to finals, they would not have been remotely competitive for winning, which they were capable of being. So that was, that was my error. Um, I actually put this into practice 
way long time ago, like really, really long time before I owned ODT, before I even coached at uh, what now is ODT, before this was actually the same weekend I met Tori, which is a whole nother story. Um, if you ever come to a conference, we can we can have that conversation. You can hear the story of me meeting Tori in Las Vegas, um, which it's quite comical. But we were at an event. We were at Jams Nationals, wonderful event. If you've never worked with David Sims or you've never gone to Jams Nationals, you got to check it out. They run a phenomenal, phenomenal event. So much fun. And so we went to Jams Nationals in Las Vegas and we took my, at that point, level five team, which was one of the first level five teams in the country. It was the very first year of level five. So there weren't a lot of level five teams. And I was young. I was still in college or I was just finishing college, I guess. And um, I was a young coach and I had created this routine. I created their pyramid and the rules were a little bit different. You know, we were trying to figure everything out and I was trying to push the envelope. And when I say we were level five, we definitely did level five stunts. Our level five tumbling was mediocre at best. Um, and it was a co-ed team. We had some like real dudes on the team and I was a co-ed guy in college. I was cheering in college. And so I was I was a little more in the college mindset. And we in our pyramid, and we'd performed it all year long, did this really awesome section where my two outside stretches from an extended level stretch did a downward inversion, were caught by two guys in the center in a straddle, and then popped up to inside hitches. And it was like one fluid motion. So they would lean and fall. They would get caught upside down by two guys and their foot would get grabbed by another stunt group. And then they'd pitch them up to that stunt group for these inside stretches. And it was sick. Like it was so freaking cool, but it was illegal. <laughs> and um, it was very illegal. You are not allowed to do downward inversions from extended level, um, especially at that time. That was totally not allowed. And when we went to jams, we would have won, but we got a big deduction because we did two very, very legal, very cool, but very illegal pyramid skills. And I, it was my fault. It was a hundred percent my fault. And while I could have sat there and been like, Oh, the judges messed up and we've done this all year. And how could we get called on it at nationals now? And that's just not fair. And I could have done all those things. I got, I remember I got on the bus with the kids, um, and I just told him, I said, hey, you guys, uh, we would have won, uh, but we didn't. We got second place because uh, it's my fault. Uh, we That skill was illegal. Uh, it's my job to know those things. That was my fault. And I am so sorry that my error is what cost you guys the win. And you know, did that hurt to do? Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was my fault and I apologized. And to this day, I still have kids from that team who trust me and, and know me and, and look to me as a mentor because I was willing to own up to my mistakes. And, and realistically, like if we were to hang out, I mean, they're probably what, four or five years younger than me. Some of them, uh, not even, I was like 23, they were 17, 18, like we weren't really that far apart in age, but they still look to me as like the adult mentor in their lives. So it's so important to be able to have those moments where you apologize. 
So there are three things that I, I kind of want to touch on with this is number one is owning your errors models positive behavior for your athletes and your coaches. Number two, apologizing retains ownership and victimhood robs you of that ownership. And apologizing accurately for what you are sorry for is so important. So let's get into these things. So owning your errors models positive behavior for your athletes and staff. That is obviously self-explanatory, but if you are willing to own things as the business owner, as the person who is in charge, you are showing your athletes and your staff members how you want them to behave. You are demonstrating extreme ownership and you are apologizing when you make those errors. It is going to empower and encourage your staff to do the same thing. When they make a mistake, instead of getting defensive, owning it and saying, you know what, I'm sorry I did that. Um, here's what I'm going to do to repair this situation. And the same thing for your athletes. It gives them permission to apologize when they make mistakes as opposed to not doing that. It also sets you up as the, the person to aspire to be like, and it, it is okay. It builds credibility with your athletes and your staff. When you own your mistakes, when you say, this was my bad, I made an error. I apologize for this thing. And it also in, ingratiates people to you it may, or not ingratiates, but it links people to you. People are going to be more likely to follow you because they know you're honest and they know you're actually living the things that you are espousing to them and expecting them to do. So we are modeling positive behaviors for our athletes, our staff, even our parents are more likely to be understanding and commit to doing these things themselves and be willing to apologize themselves if you are demonstrating those things within your program. I'm not going to talk too much more on that one because it's pretty obvious. Number three, this one is, or number two, this one is a, is a bigger one. It's apologizing retains ownership and victimhood gives it away or, or gives it up. When you apologize for something, you are saying, this was on me. I am sorry for it. And it gives you the ownership of that thing. When you are a victim, you are saying that something happened to you that should not have, and you are not in control. You are not in power in that moment. And I, I don't like to give up my, my ownership of things. So in the story I told you, I own my team, right? That was my team, my routine. Uh, so I retained ownership of that. The judges didn't victimize me by giving me a deduction. They did their job and told me of an error I had made. Could I have acted like a victim? Yes, but then I give up my ownership of that, the control that I had because I did have control in that environment. Now, you could also look at this, well, Dan, you apologized to your team in 2022 and they dropped stunts. You didn't make them drop stunts. Yes, but by acting like the dropped stunts were the ultimate issue and the only issue is I was being a victim in that moment. If I did that by apologizing, I retain ownership of everything that happens with my team, even on the mat when I am out of control, 
everything I've done up to that point should have prepared them for that moment. And if they weren't, then I made some sort of an error. And again, I'm retaining ownership of my team. When you are a victim, someone, something is happening to you that is not fully in your control. And I have felt this way for a long time in terms of like the concept of a victim, uh, even before victim mentality and things like that were talked about in the world. Um, in the law enforcement world, we do a lot of work with victims. That's that's who we are essentially trying to protect and represent for. And I've dealt with a lot of victims throughout my career in law enforcement of a myriad of crimes. I've literally investigated just about everything that exists. Uh, minus kidnapping. I haven't ever investigated a kidnapping. Um, but I, I've investigated a lot of different things and dealt with a lot of different things. And one of the things that happens in law enforcement is sometimes police officers are assaulted. Um, sometimes they are, people try to injure them. Uh, and I've had that happen to me on, on a number of occasions. Actually, I've, I've actually had people try to kill me. Um, I've been shot at, uh, and when that happens, when they write a report about that thing, you are listed as a victim and as the officer, like your name goes in there and you are the victim of an assault or you are the victim of an attempted murder. You're a victim of these things. And I, the first time it happened, it was just a minor assault, a, a, a subject, uh, kicked me rather soundly um, in an area I don't like to be kicked uh, while we were trying to get them into a police car. And I was had to be listed as a victim on the report. And it really bothered me because just I didn't like that feeling of, of being a victim. Like, yeah, I, I didn't control the fact that this individual kicked me. Um, they They made that choice. And then I was the recipient of that. But I didn't like the lack of... Um, like I didn't feel as in control and I like to feel in control. I like to feel my ownership of my actions and what is happening to me in the world. And so I didn't love that. And this is the cool thing about apologizing is when something bad happens and you are apologizing for that thing, you are retaining the ownership of that thing rather than saying it's unfair or these things happened to us and therefore we are now a victim and no longer of ownership. So apologizing retains your ownership. And this is also psychologically what happens for your pe the people you are apologizing to, where your parents, your athletes, your staff see you as owning what happened as opposed to being a victim of what happened. So I think it's a really important step to make sure you are apologizing when the situation warrants it. Now, I think it is important, though, to touch on apologize accurately for what you are sorry for versus apologies that just run the gamut of I'm sorry for everything. So it's important that you are specific in these scenarios. And sometimes this does make people annoyed with me because I am very specific when I apologize. I don't apologize for things that I am not sorry for or for things that I don't believe deserve an apology. So a quick story for you. This actually happened to me recently. Uh, I have a particular mom who's kind of on my last nerve uh, who she's in a victimhood mentality. And we had our awards ceremony and this athlete didn't get 
an award, an individual award. Every athlete gets a team award, but we as a staff vote on individual awards and she did not get an individual award. And the one that she thought she should have got was a performance award. And she is a good performer, but the staff did not vote for her. And so she did not get the award. And after the the award ceremony, I got a text message from the athlete and then the athlete's mom, who was quite mad at me because the athlete sent me this long message of, you know, it really hurt my feelings and I, I feel unappreciated because I feel like that should have been my award and I perform and yada, 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 yada. Um, really kind of silly nonsense. And I simply responded, I am sorry that made you feel that way. And her mom went off. How dare you be dismissive and yada, 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 yada. And I, I, I told her, I said, look, I said, I'm sorry that made you feel that way because I am sorry that that made her feel that way. I did not want her at any point to feel like she was not wanted or not appreciated. That's, that's the only thing that I'm sorry for in that circumstance is I'm sorry that someone else receiving that award made you feel that way. I did give that person that award, so I'll own that portion of it, but I'm not sorry for anything else. I'm not sorry that I didn't pick her for the award or that staff didn't pick her for the award. I'm not sorry that I didn't give her an award as well. I'm not sorry for any of that because that's not what happened, um, and, and I stand by it, and actually clarifying to the mom and to the athlete. The reason I said that was because I am sorry for that. I did not intend for her to be hurt. Um, Cooled them off a little bit uh, because I was telling them I'm not being dismissive. Now, again, this, this is just a micro example of it, but it is an important one to factor in and think about is you can, this can apply to a million different things. So when you go into a meeting with a staff member uh, and you have to apologize for something, I wouldn't apologize for every single thing under the, in the, under the sun. I would just apologize very specifically for the thing that you're sorry for. Um, for instance, if you're having a, a meeting with a staff member and sometimes there's going to be meetings where you're telling your staff members that they aren't doing things correctly. That doesn't mean that oftentimes you don't have some ownership in that. And so I will oftentimes apologize for portions. I will say, hey, you did not do, you know, we're meeting because this did not happen. I want to apologize because I think that there are some steps that I could have done to help set you up better for success, or I needed to clarify this system. However, these are the problems that exist. These are the things that happened that cannot happen. Um, and then go into the meeting in that fashion. So again, I'm, I'm retaining ownership of, look, this is my business and how you conduct yourself in my business I own. So I'll apologize for the things that I control. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to apologize for the fact that you had a bad attitude, or I'm not going to apologize for the fact that, uh, you showed up late and you were being held accountable. I'm not going to apologize for those things. I'm not going to apologize for when you said I quit accepting your resignation and saying, okay, well, I guess you quit. I'm, I'm not going to do those things, but I will apologize for the things that I own. So it's important to be specific about what you apologize for. Now, this is always a challenge. It is like, it's not easy to apologize. Uh, it's not easy to own things like that. And it is sometimes exhausting. Uh, I have a couple people in my life that when they tell me that I messed up though, 
I know that I messed up. So it's important to have trusted people who are able to come to you and say, hey, you goofed on this one. Like you made a mistake. Uh, and I'll know at that point that I need to apologize. We all also have this wonderful thing called a conscience. And some of ours is more edited than others or, or more muted than others. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, when I leave a situation, I'm like, oh, I really don't like the way I handled myself in that. Or I, I don't like the way I talked to that athlete. Or I don't like the way that I handled that situation. I try to listen to my conscience and say, okay, I probably probably need to go own that one. Um, I need to take one on the chin and apologize here. Now, these people also, these trusted people also will hold me accountable to not apologizing when I don't need to because facts are, I believe in the power of, of apologizing, but sometimes I'm more apt to take ownership of things that I don't really own and these trusted people will be like, that, that's not on you. Don't take that on your shoulders because I have, a, I have a propensity to do that. That's a bad habit of mine where I have a high likelihood of taking responsibility for other people's actions that are not in my control. And they're like, don't do that, dude. That's stupid. And so I know that I need to listen to these people because they're outside. They can see things from a more clear perspective than I can. Now, as I've talked about throughout this episode, I truly believe that being willing to apologize as an owner or as a coach is absolutely essential to building the accountability you want in your program. If you can never apologize, you are going to hold yourself back. And I've, I've had coaches who kind of have this attitude of like, I'm never saying I'm sorry. And it's like, well, you messed up on that one. Like that was 100% your fault. You need to own it. You need to go talk to your kids and tell them you're sorry. Um, this is can be a tough thing to do. Um, and this year post worlds, I also gave an apology to my team, but it was a very different one than the one I gave to my team, uh, at summit in 2022. And with my apology also came a commitment and challenges for them. Now, what did I apologize for? Uh, I apologized for not holding them more accountable throughout the season because I, I was a little bit nicer to them. And, and I was a little bit nicer to all of my teams uh, than I probably should have been. And I think some of this was residual, just uh, figuring things out post COVID. Because I mean, like I've said before, it's what March 20 or gosh, it's March 29th at the time of this recording. Uh, not March, <laughs> May 29th at the time of this recording. Wow. I wish it was March. Uh, it's May 29th at the time of this recording. And we are only about a, a year out from not having to wear masks in Oregon. So we were in the COVID thralls for a while. Um, and I think some of this was residual from that, but I wasn't as tough on the athletes. Like if you look back three years ago before COVID or even during COVID, I was way more hardcore on the expectations, uh, you know, being on time, right apparel, all those things. And as you gradually let those things slip, everything slips. And so I apologized for not being as hard on those things. And I recommitted to my athletes that I was going to do it this year. And it was a fun conversation because I was like, you know, that applies to all of you, right? Like you're asking to be held more accountable or the team needs to be held more accountable, but that also means you. You're the one asking, that also means you. And um, I'm, I'm super excited and things have been great. And the kids are really pumped about it. So don't be afraid 
to apologize even for things like that. Like, yeah, I didn't hold you guys accountable as much as I should have. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix that going into next year. So leaving this episode, I am going to follow a process um, of, uh, I'm not going to ask that you follow a process of going and apologizing to all the people you think you've wronged over your life. That's silly. Uh, But I am going to suggest that you think about any outstanding apologies you may owe people and just spend some time kind of ruminating on those and figuring out what you could have done differently in the circumstance. Uh, is an apology still warranted or has too much time passed? Um, and then I want to challenge you to take more ownership of your life and your decisions, even if that means apologizing for making the wrong one. The reality is, is that I, as an owner, probably apologize three to six times a year because I make mistakes every single year. Some of them are minor. Some of them are like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry I didn't get that information out to you. I meant to and it slipped my mind. And sometimes there are a little bit bigger situations that I have to apologize for. So I'm actually going to be doing one with my families here in a little bit because we're going to be going to a new uniform because I I don't think our old one played very well. And I'm going to have to apologize because we typically keep our uniforms for a year and we are now making them buy another one in one year. So there are a reality or a variety of different things you may have to apologize for and apologizing for them. Again, it keeps you ownership. That is the power of apologizing. It maintains ownership for you and it ingratiates people to you. They, they have more trust in you because you're willing to own your mistakes. All right, everyone. I hope you loved this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with someone who needs to hear it. And as always, pay attention for new episodes coming. Uh, Make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. It's great stuff. Uh, He's talking all things tryouts, all things score sheet right now. So if you're interested in those things, you've got to check it out. Um, Great friend. He's going to be teaching at our conference that we are going to see, I believe, a lot of you listeners at. If you are a listener and you're going to be at conference, you better come say hi and tell me what episodes you've loved and even which ones you didn't so I can continue to bring you great content that you are interested in. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click